Good morning to everybody and welcome to the Prairie Doc Radio. Today, as you know, I, I thank everybody for joining us on this Sunday, Wednesday morning. I'm filling in for Laura. Um, and I'm actually kind of, this is my first week, full week here uh, as part of the Healing Words Foundation. So it's been exciting learning about the foundation, all the ins and outs of everything that's going on. And um, I'm excited to be here with Dr. Cruz this morning. Um, Dr. Cruz, as for our uh, listeners who listen to us every week, Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works at the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. This next week here, as um, for our TV show that comes up on Thursday, your topic is PTSD. And that's part of that topic. And one of the guests that you have on that show is Dr. Radigan. And in her um, article that she wrote for our blog this week, she talks about the definition of PTSD as an intense, uncontrollable emotional and physical reaction to a reminder of a dramatic event or distressing memory. Uh, For myself, most instances of PTSD that I associate with are service members in war. What are other instances of PTSD have you seen in your practice? Well, it can be any traumatic event. So, yes, a lot of people think about uh, military members, and they definitely, anyone who's been at war, um, will have lots of life-threatening events. But anyone who's been in a natural disaster, um, you know, survivors of, like, Hurricane Katrina or someone who had been in, well, even this most recent derecho, if your building collapses on top of you, that could definitely trigger PTSD. So tornado survivors, people who have been in car accidents, people who have uh, been victims of assault or rape, all of those can all be triggering for PTSD. Anything that can be life-threatening to you or life-threatening to someone else that you witness happening. So it doesn't have to necessarily be someone in the military. It can be anything where you fear for your life or someone else's life. So when it comes to PTSD playing out in our normal life, what are some of the symptoms and what can family members do to avoid those triggers? So that's what you're looking for is triggers. And usually those triggers could be something that reminds you or takes you back to that memory. So if it was a car accident and you were hit by a semi that passed you and jackknifed, anytime you're on the interstate and a semi is coming close to you, that could give you a flashback or trigger it. Um, If it was... Uh, a gunshot, anytime you hear fireworks or a gunshot, that could trigger, or even a car backfiring, you know, anything, a loud, sharp noise like that could trigger, bring you right back. Sometimes it's the smells. If um, you were somewhere and there was a very distinct, like, perfume of someone who was, like, your attacker, that could, like, bring you right back to that instant. So it could be any sense. Sometimes it's not even something you're quite aware of you know just your brain can play tricks on you that mailbox that you're driving by could look like a child that you know if you had someone run out and and there was a car accident involving a a child running into the road you could all of a sudden your mind can play tricks on you and make everyday objects sometimes worry about look like that thing you're worried about and trigger you so with family members um is it being mindful of those triggers then and helping and supporting those that are suffering with PTSD? Yes, and those triggers can really vary from person to person. What may trigger me may not be something that's trigger you, even if we were in the military together and served, you know, side by side. It's, so it's very individual and, you know, just kind of learning over time what those things can be can be helpful. Um, 
because a lot of times those people will just inherently start avoiding those things that they know trigger them. And, um, you know, that's not something that you want to expose people to regularly without training because there are counselors that will do um, therapy, kind of helping people get back into, you know, if you're afraid of driving and we live in South Dakota to get anywhere, you kind of have to drive <laughs> unless you want to be stuck in, you know, a several block radius of your home, you know, um, to do therapy for that, you want to do that with someone who's trained, not a, a well-meaning family member said, well, let's go for a road trip. Right. You know, that that would be very traumatic for someone, you know, or say, oh, you, you don't like gunshots? Let's go to the shooting range. Don't do <laughs> yeah. that without, you know, training and, and a way to, you know, make this safe for the person because you don't want to cause more trauma. Right. Uh, we'll be going to our first break here shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like to address and get your name entered into our monthly summer drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Everyone should have smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors in their homes. Carbon monoxide is an odorless, colorless gas that can cause sudden illness and death. Take a few minutes to ensure your alarms are in good working order. Replace the battery at least once a year. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio this morning. I'm Ashley Ragstell, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer your medical questions. Uh, so, Dr. Cruz, we're talking about PTSD because um, that's our upcoming Encore show here this week. And um, if you were treating someone with PTSD, uh, where would you start? So, definitely PTSD needs specialized uh, training. I mean, definitely start with your family doctor, but we would most likely refer someone if it's really impacting someone's life. Um, impacting their ability to leave their home, do their work, impacting relationships with family. I would definitely send someone to both a counselor and to a psychiatrist. Um, there are medications that we can use to kind of help, especially with PTSD. There are lots of um, not only flashbacks, but nightmares. So sleep becomes a very big um, problem with this. So they can have a lot of nightmares at night and then you're not getting good restorative sleep you're afraid to go to sleep so you're staying up later and then that lack of sleep can also compound Affect and make things yeah. make things much worse when you're sleep deprived and exhausted so you know working with a counselor it's definitely a multi-pronged approach with this um you know so having someone to kind of help guide you through again some of this exposure to things if you want to if you say, you know what, I need to get in my car and I want to drive, but I'm scared to because I was in a car accident. You know, having a someone who can work with you, there's lots of different um, therapy modalities that they can do for PTSD to help kind of the brain reprocess these memories sure. and um, deal with it in a, a healthy coping mechanism. So another aspect to um, talk about is the stigma of it. What are, what are your thoughts about that? And how do we get past that? and encouraging those to reach out to help to, to, that they need for this. There is so much stigma with anything regarding mental health, and that's really unfortunate and a shame because the brain is an organ. Um, we don't 
treat any other organ when it's dysfunctioning, you know, like it's some moral weakness. We don't say, oh my gosh, your kidneys aren't working. What's wrong with you? Pull it together. Or, you know, you've got a weak heart. You know, you have AFib. My, my goodness, what did you do to cause this? You know, you need to just suck it up and, and tell your heart not to do that. <laughs> you know, but, but we do that with, with mental health. We'll say, oh, well, just, just stop being sad or just stop letting it affect you. What's wrong with you? That is not helpful. And it's causing a lot of blame and shame to the person who has no control over this. Because would anyone want to have PTSD? Right. Why, right. why would someone do that to themselves? They would, you know, why would they punish themselves and cause so much pain and suffering? You know, this is not something that they're trying to do. It's their brain is just not um, processing this emotion and this memory properly. And in doing so, it's causing a lot of pain and suffering just like when your heart is misfiring and causing right. afib can cause a lot of pain and suffering so um just realize that it's an organ it's an organ in the body that is not working properly and we just need to support that and there's nothing that the person did wrong to cause that to happen what about resources for patients um i know that one of the um suicide is a major problem mm -hmm. and so uh, resources like the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. What are other resources out there for those that are suffering from PTSD? Um, so definitely if it, it's military related, there is a website called Military One Source that has resources for everything, um, not just PTSD, but basically anything in military sure. life and transitioning to um, out of the military and into civilian life. Um, that is a great resource for veterans to help connect with other people. There's lots of support groups out there. Um, I would definitely, um, you know, looking for different, um, you know, there's Facebook groups for this. You can always find um, ways to connect with other people. And if you don't, ask your doctor and we can, you know, I've done lots of Google searches to try sure. to find local resources or you know talk with my friends who are counselors talked with my psychiatrist friends and say hey do you have small groups going on you know there's lots of groups at local churches for grief counseling you know so they're out there um but to find one specific that works for you uh, may take a little bit of digging but your doctor's very trust me your doctors are we're good at digging right so it's, it's not um when we think about it, it's not something that's uncommon. Oh, are no. you seeing more of this now than before? Or is it people are feeling more comfortable reaching out saying they are having a problem now? Well, we know that PTSD goes back to the Epic of Gilgamesh. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking, you know, Battle of Troy and Homer and the sure. Iliad and Odyssey. They're talking about it. it's mentioned in the Bible. There's lots of people that have had PTSD. We've just given it lots of different names. Um but I think, yes, people are are aware more of it. Um, sometimes, you know, we do use it a little bit flippantly. Sometimes, oh, my gosh, you give me PTSD. And like, sure. did you? Did you really? <laughs> Is it affecting your life in a an intrusive way? You know, so it, it definitely has fit the um, public lexicon at this point. Um, but I think it's definitely better to have that awareness and talking about it than than to covering up with shame and and hiding. Sure. With uh, changes in medical technology and everything, are there been some advancements in the treatment of PTSD lately? Um, not many recent ones. There's lots of work with, you know, using different antidepressants. 
um, and different treatments for depression that are out with like the um, electromagnetic stimulation, electroshock therapy, um, and then counseling. But as far as new things in the last five to 10 years, not really, no. For the show coming up here, you had two guests. Um, are they is there special? Are they seeing a lot of um, PTSD uh, patients, or are they seeing more uh, different trauma-based patients here? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're both psychiatrists. Okay, and definitely uh, they see a lot of um, depression. They see a lot of anxiety, uh, which can all go hand in hand with PTSD. And that can sometimes be the trigger and the, what started the depression and the anxiety. Um, so a lot of these things, there's so much overlap. It's hard to say that there's just one pure diagnosis. There's a lot of times things that are, um, working together when we're talking about, uh, mental issues. So if we're talking about um, a lot of the center ra- centers around mental health, mm-hmm. um, are you, as a doctor in your practice, seeing more people here, especially in the past two years, reach out with mental health issues? Definitely. Um, those who already had depression and anxiety, the pandemic only made it worse. There's a lot of people who have never had problems with um, anxiety or depression and with all of the things that have been happening and all the things that have been in the news, there have been a lot of people that are, are now just saying, now what? How do I deal with all of these emotions? How do I deal with all of these feelings? You know, it just seems like it's a never-ending wave of one big thing after another, um, especially in the beginning of the pandemic when we were all, you know, shut down and isolation. Sure. That isolation did a number on people's mental health. Um, especially our elderly patients that when they locked down the nursing homes and didn't let anyone in and out. I mean, that was really hard for them not to see their family members. Um, And I know a lot of people that are still kind of afraid to go out and and be around in public since there is, you know, COVID is still around and keeps mutating and getting new variants. And um, so there's a lot of things to be, you know, for people to be afraid of that can cause this new trauma and Uh, flare depression and anxiety folks it is time for us to go on our next break we thank you for listening to prairie doc radio on kbrk and on our broadcast call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address we will return following this informative message from avera medical group tobacco can lead to tobacco nicotine dependence and serious health problems Quitting smoking has immediate as well as long-term benefits for you and your loved ones. Make the decision to be smoke-free. Stopping smoking is associated with many health benefits. If you smoke, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That's 784-8669. Or call the Avera Medical Group Brookings for help to quit smoking today. 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions today. Give us a call with your questions and get your name entered into our monthly summer drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books at 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, we've been talking about adults here, but I know that some of our youngest people also have been um, suffering from just mental health anxiety here. What do we do to help our children? So definitely you need to look for warning signs and, and definitely give them support and give them a 
safe space to express those feelings. I mean, there's been a, a lot of things that have gone on. You know, there's been more school shootings going on. I mean, I remember when Columbine, that the very right. first one, and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe this ever happened. I'm sure it will never happen again. And little did I know that this was going to become a, a more common thing. You know, it seems like there's nowhere that's completely safe. And, you know, if kids aren't safe in their schools, churches, movie theaters, grocery stores, funerals, fire, you know, 4th of July parades, where where is safe anymore? And that can definitely affect your children to think, where is a safe place? Right, and, and it's one of those where if they are paying attention to the news or paying attention to anything that's happening around us, they are getting um, a lot of information that can be stressful, whether it is about school shootings. But I think even our um, isolation and everything that has happened has, um, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like the next couple of years will be important in regards to the mental health of our um, of everyone, but especially our children, just to see how much it has affected everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we've definitely seen increase in suicide attempts, e- even here in Brookings, um, especially for our young people. There's been a lot. So I think um, definitely utilizing the resources with school counselors um, and you know making your kids okay to talk to you, know that it's going to be safe for them to talk to you. Um, and, you know, not forcing them to open up, right. but giving them that opportunity if they want to talk, know that they can. I mean, my, my own son was um, when uh, the music teacher collapsed. He right. was in the room when that happened. And me as a, me as a mother, right. <laughs> you know, that was very traumatic for me. And I was like, well, do you want to talk about it? He said, no, not, not really. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it, that... The mother in me wanted to push and, you know, you, you need to process right. and you need right. to get this out and you need to talk. He wasn't ready. So sure. when he's ready, we'll bring it up and we'll talk about it and we'll, we'll process through that. And he may not want to process it with me. He may want to process it with someone else. Right. So, you know, just giving him options, being very open and being very um, kind of gentle about it, letting him take the lead of what he feels comfortable sharing. I don't want to force him to talk about something he's not ready to talk about. Right. I, um, I sat on the, um, I sat on the mental health coalition here in town and last this December, the school counselors that came, came in and did a presentation in regards to attempted suicides mm-hmm. at our high school. And the number was high. It was. And um, for, it, it's shocking. Not that this is happening, but just that, um, it's being aware, like as a mom myself, like having to think about uh, that's one more layer, right? Mm-hmm. That you need to be watchful and mindful about your kids. And so what can we do as parents and as a school district? What's our um, as a medical professional? Mm-hmm. What do you recommend that we're looking for? Uh, in kids? What are some signs that we should be looking for? Signs um, them giving away stuff especially stuff that's important to them. If they start giving away their possessions, if they start kind of withdrawing or being more secretive, that's always something to be concerned about. Um, You know, are they more um, sensitive or emotional? You know, you you look at them wrong and they start crying. You know, if there's kind of a sudden change in in behavior, and sometimes it can be just a slow, gradual it, it's really hard because each child can present so differently. Sure. But I would say if you know that your child is acting differently, you know, 
ask for help and and look into it and this is not just our high school age children no this is our younger, younger. children as well mm-hmm. um do you feel that um healthcare professionals are also seeing younger more younger children coming in um as a result of just more anxiety in general um i'm it's always been there sure. I, I think more parents are becoming aware of it and bringing it up but i mean you know when i was in uh, medical school you know 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> I did do a rotation yeah. on a child psychiatry floor, and there were tons of kids there, and it shocked me because I was like, what do kids have to be depressed about? And then you heard their stories, you're like, oh my goodness, it, it broke my heart. Stories of abuse, tra- stories of trauma, stories of drug use, stories of, you know, terrible things. And then there was the kids that, you know, they didn't have a, they had a wonderful supportive parents they had a wonderful upbringing you know like what what happened here you know what caused it and there was no clear thing that you could point your finger at and say oh well that that explains it if we circle back to ptsd in regards to children is it possible for children to have ptsd absolutely absolutely and so for them, is the treatment different for a child? Or are you looking for different things than you would with an adult? Um, the treatment's fairly similar. Uh, medications are a little bit different and, and doses for which ones are approved by FDA for use in children. Um, a lot of times with kids, we'll do play therapy. Okay. So, you know, you can't sit down with a seven-year-old and say, hey, let me talk about your feelings. You know? <laughs> probably, probably not getting far with that You're one, not getting so. very far with them. But if you hand a toy and they're busy playing stuff, a lot of times kids will act out their feelings through their, you know, Barbie dolls or through their Transformers. And, you know, you can see what they're thinking a lot by how they're playing and, sure. and things they're saying when they're playing. So sometimes the counselor just hands them a toy and sees what they do with it what do they do with this teddy bear what what happens what are they what's their teddy bear saying and that can help them kind of get into what the kids thinking in a lot less intimidating way sure so in brookings um there are and and this is not even central to brookings too i assume that there are mental health resources for everybody mm-hmm. whether calling your uh, actual general physician that or your pediatrician that you go to but um also um mental health professionals yes are if you are at a stage and you're going to a mental health professional for kids, are you most likely going to see a lot of play therapy there? Do you go in with your child or is it something that they process with that professional by themselves first? Um, since I haven't been to those, sure, I, sure. I really can't. Each um, professional would be different. But a lot of times uh, it will be, sometimes there'll be combined sessions where it's the parent and the child. Sure. And other times it'll be just the child with the counselor themselves. And, you know, sometimes they'll let the parents watch um, sure. through that. But uh, usually there will be both. Okay. Not one or the other. Um, for adults, uh, and I know that everyone's own medical journey is different in timeline. Uh, what is the, if you are suffering from PTSD and you're looking uh, and hoping to um, see relief from those symptoms, mm-hmm. uh, on, and it's hard to say on average, right? Uh, because everyone is different. What 
are they looking at for um, medication-wise and therapy-wise? Are you seeing a timeline for people to even just remotely feel better? And I know that's a hard question. Yeah, that that one there really isn't an answer to. This is going to be a chronic issue that people, it's going to take years to, to deal with. This is not a, you know, take medication for a month and see a counselor twice and you're better. Right. So, so this is going to be an ongoing process to work on. Definitely not a quick fix. Then this is for those. not a quick fix. They're no. definitely in for a longer journey, not mm-hmm. a short trip. Then this for this that, is a so. marathon. This is definitely not a sprint. Sure. It's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have just a few minutes left for you to call in your questions and get your name entered into our monthly summer drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books at 605-692-1430. We'll return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group. Drinking and driving is a threat to everyone. Did you know that every day about 30 people in the United States die in a motor vehicle crash that has involved an alcohol-impaired driver? This amounts to one death every 51 minutes. Driving drunk is never okay. Choose not to drink and drive and help others to do the same. And remember to buckle your seatbelt every time you are in the car. The Avera Medical Group Brookings is concerned about your health and safety. Please call 697-9500 if you have health concerns. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Um, Before we go, uh, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, July 14th, we will be rebroadcasting the show Living with PTSD and Past Trauma. Prairie Doc host Jill Cruz is joined by Drs. Matthew Stanley and Veronica Radigan with the Avera Medical Group University Psychiatry Associates in Sioux Falls. Please tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Averico Medical Group, Brookings. Dr. Cruz, I'm excited that as part of the Prairie Doc media that all of the former Prairie Doc programs are available for streaming. And um, it's been exciting to look back and see how it has progressed here for uh, 20 seasons for those of you who've been following us and as we move into our 21st season. Um, for the 21st season, we are excited about um, all the shows coming up. What are your thoughts on this next season? Oh, I am very excited about this next season. Um, some of the guests we're bringing in for this. Again, a lot of familiar faces, ducks, that we all know, love, and trust here in South Dakota, but also uh, getting in some um, via Zoom and uh, via some interviews, uh, some experts nationwide uh, that we can talk to about various health topics. So I think this is going to be a great show. Uh, Some people we've already confirmed are fascinating doctors and I've learned so much from them. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm really excited about uh, one of my mentors and uh, dear friends um, has agreed to be on one of the shows. And I can't wait to share my residency director with the world because he was the the doctor I aspire to be, he's uh, my doctor, Holm. <laughs> sure. Um, so I can't wait to uh, let uh, all of uh, South Dakota Public TV viewers uh, meet him. Um, 
on our upcoming shows this season. I feel like that's, uh, if there is a positive from the pandemic, it is the use of technology. And so for us at Prairie Doc Media, um, being able to access doctors from all over the state is part of the television production. And it's exciting part of that. We actually will be headed out to Rapid City here in the next month to film some shows out there and um, hope to be able to incorporate doctors from all over the state like we do in all of our seasons, but doctors from other states states. too, like Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Cruz is there. Uh, For those of you that are following us on our television production show, uh, we are a completely privately funded um, 501c3, and our doctors generously provide all of their time for free. So we are very appreciative of all the things that they do for public health education here in South Dakota. Uh, Make sure to please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc whenever you find podcasts. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. Um, Anything else, Dr. Cruz, before we finish up today? I think uh, definitely uh, watch the show. I it's always a good uh, time to have a summer rerun here, and um, check us out on the Facebook page and the podcast. So if you're going for a lovely walk on the summer day, listen to one of our shows, uh, the radio show, the TV show, audio. It's all there. So uh, use the resources. For just a reminder, our show is tomorrow on July 14th, and it is uh, Dr. Cruz is the host, and we're uh, talking about the what we talked about today, living with PTSD and past trauma. All of our shows, in case you don't have Facebook or social media, can be found online on YouTube, and you can stream them directly into your home. As we close out today, as uh, Dr. Home would stay, stay healthy out there, people. Mm-hmm.